Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, you heard how Jesus left the 99 to go after one single sheep that was lost. Today you hear how he buys an entire field to get one treasure, how he sells everything to get one single pearl, and how at the end he sends angels to sort through a net full of fish. Well, who is he looking for? He's looking for you. You mean everything to him. Everything. Now, many people in this world have trouble believing this because they don't consider themselves worth that much. Well, when you think about it, we've all, as a fallen humanity, destroyed everything God has made. We've messed up ourselves. So why should he value us? Why? We also think about why he shouldn't is that, you know, maybe it's because of something I, you know, said or thought or did. When we think of that personally, right, how can I mean that much to him? Did you catch in the Old Testament lesson what it says there? For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. And look why. It's not because they were the greatest people, there's more of them than anyone else. This is why. Because the Lord loves you. And he's promised always to love you. To be there for you to care for you with everything he is and everything he has. Isn't it nice to know that God, the God who created you, that he, he values, values you that much, that you're worth so much that he would have his son take on our flesh and blood to suffer and die for our sins in our place, and do this great trade that we might have his goodness, his righteousness, and life together with God and one another throughout all eternity. Now, this is unique in all the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ, because there is only one God, and he's revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Many people of all kinds of philosophies and, religious, uh, and religions, they think that they can get to God by giving everything up, even their very lives. They think that in so doing, they can purchase the kingdom of God. And there's some Christians who think this way too. It is patently false. Think of the radical Islamists, Islamists right? Who thought they could get into the kingdom of God by killing people in those twin towers. Think about the Mormons who think it's a matter of how many doors you knock on. It's a matter of the mission, how many people you, you 
are able to convert to their religion, that's how you purchase it. Or think of Buddhists. What do Buddhists believe? They give up all of their possessions in order and then uh, put on orange robes and, and then go to a monastery and think, well, if we do these things, that's how we purchase the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's not true, never has been true, and it's not what Jesus would have us learn and understand this morning. The kingdom of heaven is not for sale. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven is not for sale. Even if it was, no matter what we do or give up, will ever be enough. Because apart from God and Christ, we're the bad fish that we hear about in our text for today. We're the bad fish. And you know what? We stink. We smell of sin and death. All of us do. The stench of pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth reveals the evil within us, along with the fact that we lack the means to pay the price God requires to purchase the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember the rich young man and his conversation with Jesus? He says, what must I do to have eternal life? I mean, what do I need to pay, right? What must I do? And Jesus said, you've heard the commandments, and he lists a few, and and then the man, the young man says, well, these I've followed since I was bo a boy. Well, Jesus knew his particular idolatry. His trust in himself was all about his money. So he says, one thing you lack. Go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. The man went away sad. Why? He didn't trust God that much to give everything away and that God was going to work it out in the end. He didn't trust God that much. You don't either. Nor do I. But Jesus does. That's why he left all of the treasures of heaven for you. That you might be with him that you might live the life he created and redeemed you in Christ to live. Jesus has what it costs. He has no sin in him. He trusts the Father, even though it meant him going and suffering and dying. Trust the Father that he would be raised. And now what does our Lord do? He makes Believers out of us. Do you remember how the disciples said, well, who then can be saved if, you know, we can't do it? Remember what he said? This is impossible with man, with you and with me. But with God, all things are possible with God. The doer in these parables 
the doer is not us. It is God himself. We are not the finders. We are the found. God is not lost. We are. We are the treasure hidden in this world, hidden from others, but known by God, and considered so precious that he gives his only begotten son so that we might be his own, his children, restored to life together with him. Now, amid this world that often dumps on us and buries us under its cares and problems, Jesus really wants you to know what the kingdom of God is like. It's not like this world. It just isn't. It is a kingdom of grace, of his finding you, of his going after and buying you. That's what it means to redeem you. Of his taking away from you the stench of your sin and death. Of his taking you to be his own. What he does, really, is he makes us good fish. I was just out in Wyoming. My brother-in-law was fishing. There are good fish and fish you throw back, right? He makes you good. He'll never, ever throw you back. Not ever. He washes away your sin in the water of holy baptism and promises to be with you and to make your scaly skin of death to be a righteous skin of the righteousness of God in Christ. He promises you never will he leave you, never will he forsake you. And when you get dirty again, he invites you to come here to confess your sin and let him clean you fish, to clean you for life, to clothe you with the skin, if you will, of his righteousness. That's what he does here. That's what he does whenever and wherever we would gather to hear his word and to receive his forgiveness, life, and peace. He puts his goodness into your ears with his words. And he puts his goodness, his flesh and blood goodness in you when he gives you his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. The smell of sin and death is gone. I saw a commercial the other day, and I want to get this thing. I've never really bought one of those things where they say, you know, buy it for $9.99, you get two or whatever. But anybody see that thing that's a spray bottle that says poof? You see that? <clears throat> so it, it has all of these people with stinky stuff, like even a, a skunk smell? And the guy goes, well, smell that. Smell it. And, oh, right? And he sprays it, and poof, it's gone. I don't know if it works, but apparently it's some scientific thing, the way it, it just takes away organically the smell. And, you know, the animal, you can even, it's even good for animals. You can spray it on the animal, and the, the, the animal doesn't stink anymore. And then to prove his point that this is safe, he, he sprays it into his mouth. Maybe it takes away his bad breath. Who knows? Poof, it's gone. 
Well, the only one who can do that for your sin and your death is Jesus. With his word, poof, your sin is gone, replaced with his righteousness and his goodness. We are now members of the family of God, good fish in him. And now as members of his kingdom of grace, rather than laying up for ourselves treasures on earth, we are joined to Jesus as members of his body in giving up all, laying up treasures in heaven. See, it does work the other way too. Jesus is our priceless treasure now. We are his priceless treasure, and he is our priceless treasure. When you know that you have been purchased by Christ and belong to him, that you by grace through faith have been given his kingdom, only then can you live as the treasure that God has made you to be. Now in Christ, what are we called and enabled to do? We are called and enabled to treasure others as he has treasured us. For hasn't he taught us, whatever you do for the least of these brothers of mine, you do for me. You do for me. The kingdom of heaven is yours in Christ. Now you can live as Christ lives, as a son of God. A treasure no longer dead and buried, but alive and glorious. A pearl no longer hidden, but reflecting the radiance of your Savior. Have you understood these things? Jesus asked his disciples. They answered, yes. God grant the same understanding to us concerning all that the Lord has done for us. That we pray as Solomon prayed, not for the wealth and riches of this world, but for a right understanding of the true wealth and riches that we have already been given in Christ. The wealth and riches of a kingdom that will never end. To understand that you belong not to this world, but to the one who purchased you, who bought you, the one who bled for you, cares for you, and feeds you with his own body and blood. Yes, you are worth that much. He says so. You are worth that much. And in the end, when he sends his angels to sort through that net full of fish, who will he be looking for? He will be looking for you by name. Why? You mean everything to him. Everything. His angels know that. And will recognize in the end, on that judgment day, that you are the good fish, having no stench of sin or death, since you are cleansed, you have been cleansed by the blood of Christ and clothed with his righteousness. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.